Hey everyone, and happy new year. It's Taylor from the New York Gun Guys podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest calling in to hang out and talk about all things Milser. But first, be sure to head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages and give us a like and follow. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts from to stay up to date on the new episodes that are released. Let's get into it. All right. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the New York Gun Guys podcast, New Year 2023. Um, hope everyone had a safe, happy holiday season, happy new year. Hope everyone's plans for the new year is going to be big, great, and better than last year's. On today's show, we have a very special guest. Um, his name's Danny. He's from the Wil- Millsurp World YouTube page. Hi, Danny. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. You could find him at millsorpworld.com, uh, YouTube, Millsorp World. His YouTube is at about 36 and a, uh, 36 and a half thousand subscribers. So, I mean, that's, that's a really good sized channel. I feel like just, you know, in the, in the term of guns and, and just notoriety, I feel like you're pretty much one of the main players out there in like the Millsorp gun world kind of on YouTube. Huh. Am I? I think so. It's cool if I am. I mean, a lot of stuff you search, your videos pop up, and I feel like even if people don't subscribe, like, for example, your most viewed video is the top five M1 uh, Grand Tips and Tricks video, and that's got, like, a couple of million views, I think. It's up there. million app or something last time I checked, I think. And you've been on YouTube since about 2007, and um, so, I mean, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, my first videos were, were rather <laughs> rather shite. A but, lot of them uh, yeah, were back then, then. I mean, we didn't really have great oh, cell yeah. phones to do videos for, with, and it was just kind of like just no editing, just uploading a 30, 45-second video. Exactly. No editing. That's that's what old no YouTube editing. was. Just yes. like it had the beginning where you hit the button and it was all shaky. The sh- yeah, shaky cam the, comes like, up. Minute. Yeah, yeah, up until a minute where you get up and walk to your camera and hit the, you know, hit the button again to turn it off. Like it was it was the whole it was the whole thing back then, man. Yeah. I mean, cuz that was pre-smartphones. Oh yeah. So my first digital camera that I recorded on was just like potato is it was just it, absolute garbage like for for today's standards and stuff. You could you could tell like in oh, the early yeah. videos, which I don't have those videos. They're not public anymore cuz I'm so ashamed of them, but well, yeah. the channel has definitely evolved to a point where now it's 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 different. You could put out some higher quality content, almost somewhat easier now with with what we have at our disposal. Yeah, yeah. Just just the video quality of the average smartphone now is pretty high up there. Just like compared to you know what video cameras were ten years ago. Oh yeah. Now for those have who have been listening to our show, I was actually on your show the Millsurp World podcast number 37 it was the Millsurp rifles tier list 1930 to 1945 um that was like a three hour long episode i think you said it was like the longest episode you've uh-huh. done at that point yeah, i think it was yeah yeah so for anybody who yeah. um who missed that one go back check it out i'm on that and go watch and listen to Millsurp world's podcast and videos on youtube and spotify and wherever else you get podcasts from um so tell us a little bit about yourself danny Oh, uh, where to, where to start? Well, uh, I guess yeah, we could start, so I'm, like, I'm from, where you're from, how you got into it. Uh, well, I'm from, yeah, I'm from Florida, which is why I used to be North Florida gun guy. Um, I've kind of lived around. I've lived in mostly 
Kansas City for the last like 10 years. So um, that's sort of why I moved away from the North Florida gun guy name because I just, for so many years of being in Florida and not video in Florida, I was like, okay, at some point I, I probably have to change and not be North Florida gun guy anymore. Um, yeah, I started YouTube. My like very first videos I did were, uh, I think call them like dirt torture tests or sand torture tests or something like that. And I literally just, I had a, uh, an HK USP, I think two different ones, like a compact and a full size. And I was just reading the internet about like, you know, that, that was back then when like HK was crazy and they did the over the beach tests and all that stuff. So I yeah. just wanted to see if it would work if you got them really, really dirty. And I couldn't find like any videos or anything about them. And uh, so I just recorded like myself in the worst possible way. Not professionally <laughs> done at all. And just kind of like put them in a five-gallon bucket and poured dirt on them and took them out and shot them. And uh, I did a couple of those videos. And they were like, I think they were the only ones of like an HK USP being, you know, dunked in dirt and stuff at. And uh, they got they get like a like a weird amount of views for early YouTube. Like I remember, I just uploaded it. I had no subscribers, whatever. And all of a sudden, I had like tens of thousands of views. Yeah. And that that for me was like it was like a million. That's just whoa! Like what? How do I get all these views? And it, so it started going around, I guess, on the forums. So my my early content. So I named my channel. Uh, the early name was my. Uh, gamer tag my oh boy my xbox live gamer tag and uh so i just that was the channel name and i just uploaded some videos i'd had no i i had no i would i wasn't trying to take it anywhere i was just uploading just to have fun and just to show things and that's kind of what it was at the time i too. wanted to do yeah yeah i was just wanting to talk about or show things that i had never seen or heard people talk about before um, and that's still kind of what I'm trying to do a little bit. I don't like to do stuff that's been done a lot yeah. already. Um, but early on, it wasn't Millsurps. I wasn't really into Millsurps back then. Um, I was mostly into modern guns. And uh, so it was a while. And then eventually it became North Florida Gun Guy. And I kind of got more and more into Millsurps. So more and more of the content on the into Millsurps. And, uh, and then eventually, yeah, it became... Millsurp world, which then all my non Millsurp stuff just kind of I just kind of stopped doing. Nice, nice. I mean, I feel like when you, when did you start? Like, at what age did you start? Like, like really like uploading stuff to YouTube? Because I feel like when you're younger and you first get into guns, you kind of want like all the oh. new kind of tactical shit that was in the magazines and everything at the time. And then yeah. you kind of mature a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember my first, my very first gun was an Olympic Arms AR-15, and it was like a band model. <laughs> yeah. It was just absolute crap. Yeah. It was absolute crap, but I was so proud of it at the time, you know, because I'm like 18, and just it's just the you know the best gun in the world to me. Yeah. And uh, it jammed every time I went to the range. It, oh, it always man. had like stuck cases or like FTEs or whatever, yeah. but uh, that was like the gun I learned on. Oh, yeah. And I had other, other, uh, other modern stuff, but yeah, and then... And then it was kind of, it's kind of one of the things like I got into it just because I was reading history books and realized that, oh, you can own this stuff. And I knew I met, so I met a guy at a gun show in, in Tallahassee who he had like, he had Millsurps, he had old guns and stuff like that. And um, I started talking to him one day. I was like, hey, I 
on a I want an M1 Grand. I was like, I want to buy it. I want to buy an M1 M1 Grand. And he had one, and then we're talking. He also had a K90K that he wanted to sell too. So uh, so I bought a M1 Grand and a K98K. Wow. Um, Starter pack. Essentially, what? Well, yeah, I bought those two together, and those are like my first two. And then from then on, I was just kind of kind of hooked into Millsurps and kind of got more and more of them. And that was going to be actually like one the, question the I was going to buy. Like, what was your first Millsurp that you bought? So it was a K98 and an M1. Yeah, I, I think the M1 is kind of first because I wanted one of those first, and then the yeah. K98K was kind of that the add-on to it. Um, I don't have the K98K anymore, but I still have the M1. Okay, um, that's it's over. It's over <laughs> here. I don't know if you can see it behind me, but for those who yeah. haven't seen Danny's videos, he's in a room surrounded by really nice guns on the walls, and um, so he's he's pointing behind him, and there's just a rack of just really nice Millsurps. Um, it, it was funny you mentioned Olympic Arms AR-15s. I'm going to date myself a little bit too, but my first um, it wasn't my first, yeah, my first gun, it was a kit build that I did and it was a model one sales kit on an LRB lower. I don't know if you ever remember model one sales at the time. They were like Delton model one sales, Olympic, oh. like that whole area. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, cause they offered, cause I'm obviously in New York and, uh, they offered a, a band state compliant kit. So it was just an easy way just to put it all together. Yeah, those those back then people I guess take for granted now what the AR15 is, but even in like the early 2010s, like the AR15 was still kind of like this not really quite mainstreamed thing. It was yeah. it was weird like yeah. quad rails were the thing and everyone was just putting everything on the gun and you had no one was really doing like kit builds per se. It was a lot of the the ban era stuff that was still floating around and the quality really wasn't there. Unless you bought like an older like Colt or, um, you know, there weren't these companies like Daniel Defense. I mean, maybe they were around at the time, but they weren't really mainstreamed. So, yeah, early AR-15 stuff, that was yeah, yeah. kind of a weird world yeah. to be in. Um, so, yeah, like. Oh, there's a little bit of delay. You know, Sorry about that. <laughs> so you'd see a lot of AR-15. It's okay. But that, that was back when a lot of, a lot of AR-15s didn't have flat tops you'd see a lot with the carrying handles yeah and uh, and everybody wanted the flat tops and nobody wanted the carrying handles and everything and uh, you couldn't give away like the you know the, the add-on the the carrying handles that mount onto the picatinny on top yeah, the you couldn't give those things away and now it's kind of now it's kind of reversed where everything is flat tops it's hard to find an air 15 upper that's got the carrying handle like like an a2 upper or something like that yeah they're and coming then especially back. like yeah yeah they're making um yeah like... everything's retro so it's kind of yeah, Delton's making um, some new stuff, and then Palmetto's doing like a retro line and stuff. Um, so there's there's a lot of uh, the retro ARs now coming back because people are kind of, I guess, tired of all like the tactical kind of stuff like that. Um, and it's just I don't know, it's just it's keep it simple. That's that's my whole philosophy with the AR. I've spoken in my podcast about in the past with the AR-15, and my my whole philosophy is keep it simple. Um, I have some friends that are federal law enforcement, and like we talked about there duty guns that they use their m4s and it's like literally just like a sig red dot sight um you know magpul furniture um m lock four and like nothing fancy at all so i always tell people i'm like it's it's not the gun it's you so you got to know how to use it <laughs> um what have you had any recent pickups lately that's something you like to discuss on your podcast um any recent pickups or anything that you bought recently have you had anything recently uh yeah, my most recent pickup is this guy right here. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man, I'm very jealous. Wow, beautiful PPK. So the oh, thing boy. to uh, to check is the, the serial numbers and then the, uh, the letter suffix. Okay. And... Oh, they match the magazine matches? And there's no Waffenomps on this gun. Hmm. So why, oh why, would is, there be a matching magazine? Um, my guess is a factory gun that when they went to the factory, it wasn't, they just cranked them out for GIs after the war, or after they invaded the factory. Um, good guess, this is a 1941 gun. Oh, Hmm. So I'm not sure why would why isn't there any waffles on it? No, no. Yeah, that's because this is an SS contract. Oh, okay. That's that makes perfect sense now. Because if for people who don't a know, run of yeah, there's a run of 500 that they made. I think it's like the sixth or seventh SS contract of PPs and PPKs. Wow. And uh, this just happens to be one of the 500 of that run, and. Uh, this run, I need to I need to reach out to Tom from from Legacy. Uh, I think he has a documentation, but it seems like many of like the the guys that these were issued to, it's documented hmm. who got issued them. So I'm I'm hoping that maybe he can give me more information on that. But uh, yeah, it fits. I I have his book, and it this this seems to fit um, right into the right into the range. So wow, That's I didn't cool. I didn't realize that at first. Um, this this came up. And uh, I was I was looking at it, and I was like, "Some something's different with this." And I kind of shared the pictures around and stuff. And um, I'm just, I'm gonna okay. I'll preface it. I'm like ninety ninety percent that it that it uh, SS trade. I'm gonna get the full sort of say from uh, from Tom Legacy, and and then I'll be a hundred percent for sure. Okay. I mean, it makes sense, though, because for people who don't know, the SS were kind of outside of the procurement process from the Wehrmacht, from the Wehrmacht so they wouldn't have the typical yeah. markings that other, that the normal Wehrmacht would, would have, even, you know, the Waffen SS, the SS troops. So they, that, that makes sense. My, my first thing is anytime I see a PPK with, like, no serial numbers or, like, no Waffen I'm like, oh, my God, it's a factory gun when they, like, invaded the factory because that's, like, that's so cool. Oh, They're yeah, just yeah. making them for, you know, trading packs of cigarettes. Make me a gun to bring home and... So that that's pretty cool. I like stuff like that. Damn, where'd you find that? Is that a gun broker, yeah, a yeah. local thing, or it came up? Yeah, it came up local. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, it came up. It's a local local buy. But I wasn't I wasn't sure at first. I've I've become more sure since I've gotten it. And it's it's one of those weird things where you kind of have to you have to know it and look it up by oh, yeah. serial number. So some some people would see this and just think it's commercial because there's no often or whatever. But you you almost just like have to know the book or have to see like one of the videos and and see like the the serial number range that it falls into. Um, but the the matching mag was the thing that kind of made me wonder about the the serial um, and look into it further. But did it have yeah. the whole like holster with it? It was like a complete rig or just no just just by itself. Yeah, no, it should it should have been a a rig. It was issued as a as a holster and, and two two matching magazines, but it's just the one mag now so who, who knows oh that's you know? so cool though man i'm i'm so jealous <laughs> that's so cool i love stuff it's like, like that. that that it's that, that joke it's like the closest thing though that i can actually be like yeah this was taken off a dead ss officer yeah the old you know, story old grandpa rope. took a, a, yeah. a luger yeah. off a, no then why does it have a an import mark on it you know <laughs> yeah yeah 
I guess that kind of gets into another thing that um, I, I kind of tell people. I did a video recently on gun shows, or not a video, a podcast, and you had done a, a podcast on gun shows released not too long after I did. And it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like you kind of have to know what you're looking at. You got to really kind of, I guess, do the research. And sometimes a deal comes up and you, you don't have the chance to do so. But I guess with something like that, you kind of had a feeling that like something about it was not normal. So you kind of went with it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The The magazine was the thing. Mm. So sometimes it's just the little details. I just I knew like I don't know much about Walther's PPs, PPKs. I don't really know that much. I'm just trying yeah. to read a little bit more. I bought the book. This is one of the rare instances that I actually bought the book before I bought the gun. Because I'm usually the opposite. I usually buy the gun at like a, a good deal. But so I knew a little bit from kind of you know browsing the book, reading a little bit in the book, and uh, yeah, and you really just luck of the luck of the draw sometimes with what you're looking at at, at gun shows. Because I mean, you can get burned. Like I've seen people buy stuff that at, at shows that's like you, oh, you think that's a good deal or oh, okay, okay, you know, yeah. And part of it's their they're super happy because they have their like beat up whatever Mauser that they spent a thousand dollars or they're like their M4, their Yugo M48 that they just spent a thousand dollars on and they have the biggest smile and they're holding it and they're so excited. And it's like, I'm not going to rain on their parade. I'm not going to, you know, let them be happy. They'll, they'll find out, enjoy it. You know? Yeah. The last episode I did on gun shows, I, I, I talked about the story. I shared it in the discord where, you know, this this guy was selling a 1945 Czech Mauser and saying it's German. It was definitely used in the war and this and it had a, it had a Yugo stock on it was mismatched stock. But I mean, it was an OK gun, but he wanted like eighteen hundred dollars for it. And some kid bought it. And I saw him later in the show and I kind of told him about it. Like not I didn't burst his bubble. I'm just like, hey, just so you know, that guy like didn't know what he was talking about. He's like he was still happy. He's like, oh, cool. Thanks. Like, it's really cool. It's like my first, you know, Mauser. I'm like, I'm like, all right, as long as you're happy. I just I had to tell you in good conscience. I couldn't let that one. <laughs> I couldn't let that one roll. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's like to the to the, like, I don't know, the uninitiated, the not, you know, the the, the people not in the know, like. A Mauser is just a Mauser, you know. Mm. And oh, uh, boy. I've I've seen a lot of people like with M48s and stuff be like, "Oh, look at look at mine Mauser." Oh, yeah, it's you know because they think it's like German, you know. Yeah, it's a Mauser. It's like yeah, no. Yeah, no. It's I got mean, nothing. Mausers are not just... made on German machinery. Yeah, it's nothing. The, yeah. the, it's such a deep rabbit hole, and I mean, I'm even learning a lot just from talking. Oh, just so when I say like the Discord, I am a Patreon member of Millsurp World. So Millsurp World has a Patreon, and if you're a Patreon member, you get access to a Discord with a bunch of great people who just talk about Millsurps and pretty much Millsurps, but I mean just anything else, and it's really great. So I highly recommend you go join it, uh, join his Patreon, support him, and, and then you get access to this awesome Discord. So when I say, oh, the Discord, it's literally a bunch of people talking about Millsurps. 24 7 i mean it's really <laughs> what it is uh, yeah. for people who are into it um yeah so when i when i talk with the other guys in the milser uh discord i mean just just south american mouses central and south american mouses i mean jesus there's so many variations and just all this different stuff and then i mean i'm not i'm not too much of a mauser guy i like them i have a few it's just there's just so much to know and i'm just slowly just building up the the the, the bedrock of that of that list <laughs> It's too yeah, much to know. Yeah. What is yeah, your is favorite Mauser? <laughs> He's shaking his head. Why would you ask such a question? <laughs> I oh man. What's my favorite? Oh, I don't know. 
Was it that uh, Colombian you I did don't, a video on? It ver you know what? I think it varies. Hmm. It, it's really weird. Whatever I like varies so much. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I think... Like, I've gone through a period of time when I'm just, like, super into South American guns. And I love them, and I think they're the best. Mm -hmm. And I want, like, all the... all I want all the Brazilians or whatever, whatever. And, like, the Brazilian 1935, I would say, would be, like, my, my, my favorite. The 1935 short rifle. So, like, that's my favorite. But then I, don't, I would get out of South America, and I'd get a little bit more into German stuff. And then I would be like, oh, my G940, that's my... That's my my favorite Mauser rifle out of all those, but if I'm leaning more like German or whatever, but my my interests sort of they vary and change so much that it's like hard to know. And like part of the part of the reason why my collection isn't focused is because I like my interest just meanders, and what my favorite is just varies, and yeah. I wish I could control it, but like I can't. Like I. I so for the last couple of weeks, maybe longer, I've been lusting after a uh, a Swiss P forty nine. Okay, which is like the, the it's like the Sig uh, P two ten, like but the original, mm -hmm. you know, Swiss one, not like the the, the new one that yeah. Sig's making. And I don't real I don't really know why. I just super wanted one, and I've even been dreaming about this pistol. Like I've wanted <laughs> this bad. And uh, yeah, so I I recently bought one off of uh, of Simpsons. Oh, nice! Because they've been importing a lot of quite a few. They've been importing and and putting up uh, quite a few Swiss guns for like kind of a, like almost too good of prices. Like I don't really understand yeah. how they could price stuff so so fairly uh, like nowadays. But a lot of it sells out pretty fast. So I was. I was kind of lucky to get the one. I haven't picked it up yet, but I'm, I was kind of lucky to get that one. But like my, I don't know why I got into that, but I want it. It's post, it's post 1945, like post World War II, which I'm normally not into. But now I like right now for some reason. So I'm kind of into more Swiss, but I'm still like a diehard at like in my heart. I'm still a diehard, diehard like Mauser fan. And that's sort of, if I could only collect one genre of, of rifles, it would probably be just, just Mausers. And it would probably take you a lifetime to do it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like a a, a good thing about, about collecting it because there's so many different models and stuff. And I feel like there's something the unique thing about collecting Mausers is there's so many so many variations and so many things. It's really something like some people could look at that and it would just seem un in bowl, they wouldn't want to do it just because it's too much. They want to collect something easily where they can more easily own all of them. Uh, but I think some people are the opposite, you know, where they want to, you know, they don't want to own something where you own five of them and, you know, and all, all the variations. And I think you can kind of fall into that. That's a little more, more like Aaron, like on the, on the podcast. Oh, yeah, M95s. <laughs> he can, yeah, with M95s, you know, you can own like 10 M95 variations and own almost all of them. You know, but that's that's impossible to do with you know like uh, something like Mausers. So yeah, for me, I like that. I like that aspect, and it and it it's not as like bland as say I'm gonna hit on the uh, the 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 Finnish Finnish Mosin collectors oh, real quick. So like, so there's you know again there's like only a relative like handful of different models, like you know maybe less than ten or so of the different fins, not counting prototypes and snipers yeah. variant stuff. But like you know there's only like, any gem that you can collect 
just going for stuff like different barrel makers and different like oh this one has a d stamped here instead mm -hmm. of not and yeah you know and then at that barrel. at some point yeah then at some point you're collecting guns that look exactly the same except for like one tiny little mark somewhere mm -hmm. and to me like i'm just not into that like i get i'm not i'm not hating on guys that are into <laughs> that but like i i'm just not into that i want more of a difference um so i tend to so i tend to collect guns like that are that are fairly completely different and i could do that with you know with, with mausers like you can you could easily collect 10 different countries like oh, yeah. one mauser from 10 different countries and so not even get to get into all of that one country's variants of all of their all their stuff so um yeah it's a little bit more of a wide open world but and they're well known and respected and stuff which is which is nice but it also means that you know prices are a little bit a little bit higher and there's borderized you know over the decades so. yeah that's kind of one thing that i when i first started collecting i was into mosins because they were cheap available and there was a lot of variation but at the time i was just kind of like vacuuming up everything i could get pretty much so i would have you know um you know i have a few finished mosins but i have like a, a bunch of different m44s from different countries so i don't have more than one of the same country which is cool i guess um, that's kind of one reason why I like them, but now they're getting to the point where they're almost the price of like a Mauser in some instances, like, like a Finn, like M2830, like you can get, if you get a decently priced Mauser, like even a K90AK or like a German, you're, you're almost kind of at the same point there. So it's like, okay, my, my collecting is kind of, I, I feel like just wanting to be a little more, f f not focused, but, um, get like a representative example of like, okay, like for example, like Arasak is like, you know, a last ditch type 99, you know, I want to type 44 and then I want to type 38. So just kind of get like one of each, not necessarily collecting every series, you know, you know, all that. I, I just kind of want more like a representative example because I like, like kind of what I'm going for is like, um, like a representative example of history. So it's like, okay, you have a gun, like, you know, M1 Garand, you have an M14, you have an AR15, which kind of represents yeah, yeah. 16. And then you have before that, you know, you have like a, a 1903, you know, so you just kind of can just kind of have it like up there just to show like a representative example. And it's, it's honestly with me, it's very price driven too. like a lot of things are very just cost conscious in that way uh, that I kind of got into collecting a lot of com block stuff at first because it was cheap. And then now it's really not. So it's like, OK, if I'm going to spend the money, I might as well spend it on something a little more interesting, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I was there in the beginning too, where I just wanted like, I think I just wanted to collect World War II because I loved World War II history. And then I wanted one rifle from each country that participated Yeah, in the war. So then you just want that one gun that would represent Japan and World War II or whatever. And then, um, and that's just, that's just where, where the addiction starts is just trying to, trying to get all those. Because you start with maybe just the major powers, yep. the major, you know, combatants, and then you're like, oh, yeah, but the Romanians, they took part of Barbarossa, so I need a Romanian contract, check Mauser from, blah, 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 you know, and then and then you go a little little in the weeds at that point. But, yeah, so it's, it's kind of any, any direction I think you come at collecting, you could really go down down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, for sure. I have a, I bought a gun once. It was a it was a Russian M44, really nice condition. But the only reason I bought it was because the import stamp on it was on was under the rear sight leaf, and it said China as the country of import origin. So 
I bought that just kind of like as an oddity. I'm just like, you know, that's it must have obviously been mixed in with a batch of Chinese guns, but I'm like, it's still cool. I, I bought it just as like an oddity. Just it doesn't I mean, it might detract from the value a little bit, but like to me, it's just kind of like one of those things of like, oh, American import law. Here's an example of just the dumbness that we have to deal with in, in certain instances. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've bought in, I've bought like rifles before, like a Swiss K31 because I had no import. Everybody mm. will tell you, hey, go on, go to import markets. You got an import market. It's like, well, this one don't. So. Snuck, snuck in somehow. So, so you know, some guns like that, I'll, I'll get just because they import mark type of import marker or, or lack of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My Mosin PU doesn't have an import mark, and it was imported, you know, in the early two thousands. I feel like, or a little later. But I've torn that thing down. I've looked at the barrel. I've looked everywhere. I don't see it. And unless somebody scrubbed it and perfectly covered, like I don't know. I. Uh, my feeling is just they just missed it in the batch because, I mean, it's just easy when you're importing thousands and thousands Possible. of guns. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not claiming it to be like a bring back. No, no, no. It, it was the guy who I got it from said his he got it from our guns, from their import. So they were like an importer like years ago. And, um, you know, it's a correct refurbed, you know, po- sniper, post-war refurb sniper, you know, electro-penciled scope base and everything. So it's all correct in that aspect. It's not a put-together thing, but it's just like, you know, it just doesn't have the import mark. So not that it really adds. I mean, it might add a little bit of value, but it's. I'm not claiming it's some sort of bring back so that there's no yeah. value in that. I just found that to be an after yeah. thing I found out when I was taking down the gun. I'm like, well, there's, no, there's no import mark. I couldn't find it. So that was that was a nice surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, adds, it does add a little bit of value for sure. I could tell you a story about that that I heard from a, from a friend of mine. So this this friend of mine, he's originally from uh, he's a, he's an older gentleman. He's originally from New Jersey, and uh, he knew the guys at some that that imported Millsurps back in I, I don't know like the seventies or eighties oh, or something like that. Um, so he would he would he told me a story. He was in the back or something like that. They had just imported a fresh batch of like P thirty eights or something. And the guys, they have their little import mark that they have to, you know, they put up to the gun and they stamp it. And they would hate it. So they would see like a bad example and they'd bing, you know, they'd ting it kind of lightly or whatever. And then they would go to the next pistol and it was a real nice one. And they would, they would, and like bang, bang the table instead. (laughs) And then just kind of push it on to the next, go on to the next guns. Yeah. A nice one, they wouldn't do it or they would do it real light or, um, so it, it, it seemed like back in the days, it maybe didn't matter as much. I don't no. know if they, it wasn't being looked for or something. Cause... The gun's already here in the U.S. They already went through the process to get it here. Like, it, it's such a dumb thing. It really is. I mean, you know, post, what was it, 1962 or 68 for import marks? It was 62? 68. 68? Yeah. Oh, that Part was the, the GCA. Yeah, the GCA, the Gun Control Act. Yeah. yeah. 62 is when I think they... What was 62? That was when they did... Um, they they changed the NFA for destructive devices in sixty two or was that sixty eight as well? That's a good one. Sixty two sure was something. It was nineteen sixty two for something, and then nineteen sixty eight for the for the Gun Control Act. But yeah, that I <laughs> I love hearing stories about that. I don't know if you ever heard of um, Omega Weapon Systems out of Arizona. It was a guy Don, an old guy. He would import a bunch of stuff from back in the day, like. Just Milsert parts, Chinese guns, just, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. He, uh, 
from reading the the forms and stuff, he passed away like a, a few years ago. And when they went through like the warehouse, they were finding like fully intact Chinese like ZB twenty six like machine guns and stuff that literally they weren't even cut when they were like imported. Like the stuff, oh. yeah, there was a lot of stuff flying around on the forms, if I remember correctly, and like just. There wasn't too much information about it, but, like, judging by it, they would just import stuff. Just nobody looked at it. And, I mean, the amount of stuff that I, I would love to see would just, I mean, that, that got imported like that. Like you said, like, no stampings or whatever would just be awesome. Um, I actually was talking to a guy um, about my Bosnian SKS, so the the one that was former Select Fire. Um, he said, he wouldn't tell me what importer he worked at. I linked up to him on Facebook. He told me that he worked at an importer years ago, and he personally saw about 20 of them come through. And he was telling me that when he had to take the uh, the trigger group out, he would take the parts off, like the full auto like arm lever that came out of the trigger group, and just put it in the cleaning kit hole in the, in the buttstock, just as kind of like a, here you go. <laughs> and he didn't tell anyone. And I'm just, he's like, oh, you got to check your buttstock. I haven't done it yet. I haven't checked the, the, the cleaning kid hole in my buttstock for that but i i love stories like that because it's just kind of like just normal people who just just don't want to have to deal with all the bs and just just let's all be dudes like come on let's all be dudes <laughs> yeah yeah in a perfect perfect world if only if only the founding fathers when they wrote the second amendment if only they put something in it absolute like shall not be infringed or just yeah. some some more you know some clear language <laughs> like that i think that would have really helped yeah the one yeah. thing one thing i noticed about your your channel and your show is it's not political like at all like you're just guns history information opinion that's really kind of what it is um i would i would gather it though that you are of the 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 gun owning ilk of shall not be infringed and some laws are you know, dumb and others are great kind of thing. I would imagine, right? Yeah. I never really knew exactly where I was uh, politically, so I don't really talk about it a lot because it could change. You know? Yeah. I've had a lot of different opinions, like political opinions, and changed my mind. And so I don't want to talk about them because I may, I, may, I may change my mind one day. And, oh, uh, yeah. I don't want to be like no, I'm just talking forever about... entombed. And yeah. I'm just talking about guns specifically because, like, even, like, on the political spectrum of, let's just say, left and right, like, there's liberal gun owners, there's conservative gun owners. I'm just talking about, like, guns in general. It just seems that you're very pro-gun in that instance. Like, you you, you want to enhance the collecting hobby. You want the access to these historical guns to be not easier but just just better in a sense. Um, I feel like you're, you're just kind of like an advocate for just, hey, go to a gun show, pick up a gun, collect it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I want other people to like do that and to have more fun. Like, I don't think I think like it would personally be better for me if I made a video to try to discourage people from going to gun shows <laughs> and say they're terrible, and then there would be less people going to gun shows, yeah. and that would help me out because I want to go there and I want to get the deals and whatever. Uh, but like my. I don't think that's what's best for the people that listen, and uh, and I just I think it's it's better if they do go and they do collect something that they're super into and yeah and I do I mean as far as like gun rights and everything of course I you know I believe in all of them like I 
you know, gun gun rights are a civil right, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, people should people should uh, everybody if they want to should you know should be able to uh, own and collect and whatever they want. And I just happen to like you know milserps, but I know people that collect other weird modern modern things. Like I know a guy in uh, in Florida. He the only types of guns he collects are like weird ones, and he would just show me stuff, and I'm like, what in the world is that? <laughs> What caliber? It just it's, it's so like the weirder the better to him. So he doesn't collect anything common or mainstream or anything like that. Does he have but a Cobra be, Terminator? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. He had a couple like weird machine guns. Like he had a he had a, a, a twenty two AK machine gun. Okay, like that was transferable. Yeah, that that they made for some some company made an AK and 22 and they made machine guns back in the 80s. Yeah, I think and, it was like an Italian import or, or something like that. German or Italian import. It was like a, a gun and they just converted it, you know, after the fact when it came here. Yeah, yeah. So like he just had some some oddball kind of stuff like that, but uh yeah, I just I like collecting. I collect collections of stuff. Like I have a lot of serves. Um kind of like because my channel is military, you know, I'm a milsurp world. I'm like military surplus focus. I can't really talk about other stuff, which is kind of weird because then that, like, I tend to buy, like, I, I want to buy other stuff that's not milsurp, but yeah. I don't because I won't be able to talk about it or show it in the channel or whatever. And I, I know it's best for the channel if I, like, don't spend money on that type of stuff and I buy, a, you know, buy a milsurp instead, so. What is your favorite non-Milserp firearm? Speaking of, like, because if you're depriving yourself of all the new manufactured goodness, what is your favorite non-Milserp gun? I don't know. <laughs> like my favorite pistol or rifle or like whatever. If you like, have like one, you have like let's just say you have a non-Milserp uh, gun. I'll I'll answer I'll answer it like this. There's like genres of non-milserp stuff that i'm into so like one aspect of guns i'm into that i just never can talk about a milserp world is like concealed carry okay so i really like i I like different like the newest build carry small whatever whatever like like what did the five and 365 xl i carry the 365 xl um I just like loyal to any certain brand. I just like kind of whatever is, you know, the best for that. Um, I'm a big, like uh, I coming from Florida, my hometown had the poverty rate was twice the national average. So like I had to carry. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, and, and Florida in general is just kind of, you better carry a gun if you're, if you're there sort of thing. Um, so I just, that's just one thing I've always kind of liked and, and it's more of like a necessity. So I've always kind of kept up with that. And now having a family and stuff, you know, I want to, I want to protect them and everything. So I really like concealed carry guns. So like I have what I think is kind of the best or the best for me mm -hmm. concealed carry gun. Uh, my favorite non milserp rifles, I don't know I guess it's probably the AR-15, which is like boring as shit. Well, it's I was like, going to say, are you are you an AK guy or an AR guy? Like, where do you kind of fall on the spectrum? Oh man, I want to like AKs, man. I've owned I've owned so many AKs. I went through an AK phase, like I don't know, like almost twenty years ago or something. And like, I just want to like them, but every single one I get, I'm not happy with. I end up selling it, and I want to look for like another AK that will fill this hole in my mm -hmm. heart, you know, for. Or the best AK, but I keep buying and like I just can't find the right the right AK. Like meanwhile, I brought a I bought a Bravo Company uh, 
shoot, when did I do this? Like, I don't know, when I was 22 or whatever. So quite, quite a long time ago, I SBR'd a Bravo company uh, lower mm -hmm. because I wanted a short barrel rifle. That was back before braces and everything. Yeah, yeah. So if if, if braces existed back then, I wouldn't have done oh, the SBR <laughs> because, like, yeah, what's the what's the kind of the point now? Yeah. But I guess if they ban braces or whatever else, yeah, they're trying I'll be glad to. I did it, but yeah, but uh, like that was back in the day. I did I did get an appointment with my sheriff and I had to Ugh. sit my ass down in front of my sheriff and like. Hey, sir, I'd like SBR to sign these these papers for me so that, that I can this gun because it's you know the barrel's shorter. That means it's more it's, dangerous. Yeah, more Ooh, dangerous. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Even though the velocity, it's technically less dangerous because there's less velocity. Technically. So, I need yeah I need paperwork for my less dangerous gun. <laughs> but uh, that's like. I kind of, I mean, I, I went through a little like tactical phase too. Everyone I did. And I, Everyone I owned did. quite a few. You know, I wanted. Oh, so this is this is okay. So this is what happened in my in my sort of collecting life. I got on this path where I was either going to go full blown tactical, get the vests and the you know the bulletproof vests and the plate carriers and all of that. I was going to go that way, but then I met some people at the gun show that were World War II reenactors. Oh, and. They were like, hey, you should come out to an event. It's really cool, whatever, whatever. And I went out to an event, and I borrowed somebody's gear. He let me wear We were the same size, like weirdly enough, down to shoe size. So I weared his stuff, went to an event, and I was immediately hooked oh, on yeah. World War II reacting. So all of my was going to go into tactical stuff. It all went straight into like reenacting. So A I different started buying, kind of tactical, you know, technically. 80, yeah, it was tactical 70 years ago. It was like, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 you know, combat gear that's just happens to be 70, 70 years old, old design. But uh, yeah, I went that route and which furthered me kind of into the Milserp like hole because then I started getting guns for the reenactment and, you know, wanting more guns to bring to reenactment and more, you know, that, that sort of thing. So that kind of pushed me away from the, the tactical thing. But, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things like I think everybody there's like. Even if you're into Milserps, there's like a few guns you should own. Oh, of course. You know, re regardless. And like, I, I think, you know, you have to have a concealed carry gun, right? Because you need to carry maybe a couple concealed carry guns, depending on the weather or, you know, you need a backup or whatever. And then you, I think you should, you should have a fighting rifle, of course. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that's what, that's what I own. I have that. Well, here in New York, uh, concealed carry is a big issue now because of the recent Supreme Court case. That, oh, yeah. 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 Covered that. Now, some people say, and get this, some people say that the that it shouldn't have gone to the Supreme Court because of what New York State did after the fact. So I, I know you're you're far away from New Yorkistan, so this is what my show kind of has to deal with a lot of. It's just kind of bitching about the government in a way. But... They're saying that it should have never gone to the Supreme Court because then they passed all these laws after the fact and it screwed us even more. And now we're going to have to fight for years. And it's like, well, literally the Supreme Court said you have a right to carry a firearm outside of your home for self-defense. How is that a bad thing? And the state is just passing all these laws now and they're going to get their butts whooped and they're already doing it. Like there's been two emergency uh, applications of the Supreme Court for cases that are right now like bouncing around within the Second yeah. Circuit. And it's literally like when it, these politicians, they're going to learn that they just can't do this stuff. They really can't. So like me here in New York, you're saying like, oh, you know, go out, protect your family. It's like 
I don't have a pistol permit, so I can't do that. And, you know, I mean, there's some shady parts of Long Island, and God forbid you go into New York City. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not not a safe place. And um, so there's a lot of things you kind of have to think about in, oh, that, in that regard. Yeah, so... I mean, you, I have yeah. a, I have a son that's about your son's age, and it's just, you know, these are the things that you think about. So, and where I live, it'll take me about a year to get a pistol permit, sometimes more than that, and then you have to apply for a CCW on top of that. And I think I had mentioned when all this was going down that my county they require you to submit a urine test to make sure you're not an unlawful user of drugs in order for them to process your CCW, among other things. All in all, it will take about a, a year and a, a little over $1,000 between the, the class you have to take, the urine sample you have to submit on your own dime, the fingerprinting, the paperwork. It's about a year and about $1,000 where I live to do that. And you can't carry basically anywhere, and that's what some of these lawsuits are, are challenging now. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you remember my living with the yes. gun guy video? <laughs> I shared that earlier, and I'm like, God damn. So for all go on Danny's channel, uh YouTube page and look up Living with a Gun Guy and he's sitting there talking with his wife and it's like, Oh, considerations of moving, you know, gun friendly states and his wife's like, Move to New York City and you're like, Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, Yeah, I said, uh shall issue states only. Yeah, shall issue no states. No may issue states. I sh- I shared yeah. that with my wife and she's like, This she's like, This is exactly us. <laughs> Like you close the door and there's just the AK posters. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, think, that I, was real. That was that was really there. Uh, like I, that was back when I was really into AKs. I bought those AK posters and put them up. But yeah, like that's that's just how I am, man. Like I was, I, I it does no good to be like, what are you doing in New York or whatever. Like it's you know, it's where I'm you're from. there and your family's yeah. there and everything. But like, dude, I so you know me being from Florida. Uh, I bit I bitched about Florida dumb laws, but then and then I moved from Florida and I'm like, yeah, fuck that place and their stupid gun laws. <laughs> you know, I'm here in free. I'm here in free Missouri now. I don't have to worry about all that shit. You know. Yeah. I was kind of like that, and and Florida people are like, oh, what are you talking about? And they don't know so how like, good they got it. So so yeah. So Florida compared to New York is like the oh, land of freedom. You know, uh, yeah. Yes, freedom, freedom land is like just amazing night and day. It's like my forty acres like, of mule, Jesus. But like <laughs> going to Missouri from Florida, like there's lots of neat things in Missouri. Oh, I bet that Missouri has over Florida even. So like, like there's it's constitutional carry here. You don't you don't need a permit. Just carry just carry a gun. That's it. Have a gun, carry it on you. Um. There's open carry here. Not that I think anybody should open carry. I think it should be legal, but I think it should be very rarely done. It's more for a but matter of convenience. That's something that I... I feel like if, like, for example, some states are so strict with a concealed carry, like, if your gun, like, if you lift up, or like, if you bend over and, it, it, like, exposes, technically they consider that open carry. So, like, I think a lot of these states put that in there just as a convenience if you're hunting if you're you know if you're whatever it just it's just if you're if you're going to carry a gun anyway it doesn't matter whether it's concealed or open as long as you're legal and law abiding do it do whatever you want yeah so in florida it used to be and i I'm, i can still carry in florida when before this happened they actually they added a, a bit to the law that said like if you accidentally brandish like you you'll be fine yeah. but brandishing 
dude, I was super worried about that because the letter of the law, you accidentally, you know, that gun accidentally peeks, you know, peeks under your shirt because you bent over or whatever. Like, you know, that's, oh, you just, you just did a felony, you know, because you, because a little bit of cloth moved in the wrong direction. Yep. And so, yeah, stuff like open carry is really good for that. But just having like an accidental engine and the carry lock fix that a lot. But I mean, open carry in general is, is just nice. Like I'd like, I would never do it, but I like the fact that I could rifle over my back and I could walk to the grocery store. Yeah. With the being based in both and you know just walk over there and i you know i'm committing no crime i'm just gonna go shop for groceries with a rifle on my back it's the fact that i like they i like treat that you like a person and they they treat you as just you're not a criminal because automatically like, especially where i am people associate guns with criminals or criminals with guns like it's kind of hand in hand like you have to like show them oh no i'm not a criminal i am a not i don't use drugs i i don't you know that you have to like show people this but like where you are it's just, no, I'm just a normal person, and guns are a part of American society, and I'm a legal, law-abiding citizen, so therefore I can do this. You know, I've I've shown society by not breaking laws that I'm just a normal person. I could walk to the yeah. store with a gun on my back. So I think this is what happens. I think in states like New York, when there's more and more and more restrictions on the average person owning a gun, it becomes way less people that own guns, yes. and therefore... It just heightens that. So I feel like it just, uh, it's it's sort of like a slippery slope sort of thing because in a state where like, you know, your your grandma can keep, you know, keep a revolver in her, in her drawer next to her or whatever, like, and that's, she doesn't need a permit for it and she can carry it in her purse when she goes to the grocery store and she doesn't need a, you know, a, she doesn't need a license for that. Like when that's normalized in a state or in an area, then yeah, you don't. People don't feel this need, and then and then in that state or area, you bring up like we need tougher gun laws. It's like, what are you talking about? You want to, you know, you want my, you know, make it harder for my grandma to, to protect herself. Like, yeah, it's more of that. But now, but there's no grandmas that have you know guns and 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 you know New York City. So then it's yeah, then it's way more. It's only the people that would go through all the hoops that they put in place, and then uh, and then it becomes way more fringe, and then it's not it's not a, as common of a thing. You know, like in places that I'm from, like, or places I've lived and been in, it's very, you know, I could meet a guy and, oh, yeah, he's in guns. It's like that. It just happens all the time. It's mm -hmm. normalized that people have guns. And any that person doesn't own guns, like their brother does. Their brother's really into guns. So that's fine with them because the, of that. The thing where I am on, on Long Island, specifically like downstate New York, um, there are a ton of gun owners but no one's open about it. Like it's like three layers deep. If you get to know someone like that's not something yeah. that you'll just know yeah, automatically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're all, you're all closeted. You have to be, you really have to be. I mean, even just going to the range, it's just, all right. You know, am I going to, did I put the gun in my trunk the right way? Is it separate from my ammo? Is it accessible? Is it, Oh God. Oh yeah. It's, it's God. crazy, man. And then when you get to the range, the problem is that I find is you, you run into a lot of people who, are too afraid to seek for help because they don't want people knowing that they that they want to buy a gun so they'll just buy a gun go to the range and they'll just they'll just be like I don't know how to use this and I've I've had to literally walk up to people and just be like hey can I just show you like the safety's here the the, the slide release is here like I don't want to interrupt but like it it just kind of breeds I think just a not so safe culture and then you know hopefully nothing bad happens or they don't have an accidental discharge but like 
it, it, it just it, it pushes people underground and it doesn't it doesn't promote like safety or or just kind of mainstreaming of it um that's just that's just my yeah opinion of it yeah yeah and there's too many i think there's too much like even gun people like i've talked to some gun people who think like oh a couple comments on gun laws like wouldn't be bad or whatever like so i talked to one guy who he he was a you know big gun guy had you know nfa stuff and whatever he never thought he's he was for universal background checks he's like oh yeah i think everybody should do background checks always if you buy a gun right It'll, that'll keep criminals and I, i'm like yeah i see exactly where you're coming from in a perfect but i was world. like you know like that way criminal get guns that way if it's if it's required and it's like okay well uh and i somehow i knew or he brought up or something that his daughter drove somewhere and he gave his daughter like a pistol to keep with her in like the car or something like that as she drove somewhere and I was like, okay, well, you know, if universal background checks was a thing and you did that, you'd both be criminals, right? Yep. Like you couldn't do that anymore. Yep. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, that's a transfer. You can't, you couldn't just let your daughter protect herself, right? She would have to, you'd have to go somewhere and do all the paperwork, blah, 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 you know, so that she could then have the, have the privilege of, of protecting herself, right? So I think there's. Any any even common sense gun law like that is going to end up with like innocent people being prosecuted for stuff that even the writers or the people that pass the law had no intention of that happening, like straw purchases. That's a big the straw purchase law. Yeah, yeah. I find people all the time that do not understand it's, that it's a constant because, debate. Oh, yeah, yeah, because so so there's a lot of people that are like, no, no, it's not a straw purchase because uh, he's not a criminal, and the straw purchase law says, you know, it's for it's for yeah, it's like okay, cool, yeah, well, you know, yeah, you know, the the Supreme Court ruled on that and uh, they they disagree, mm. so uh, so yeah, so you you'll just be a, a criminal or whatever if you oh you were just accidentally following the law instead of keeping track of the most you know of the Supreme Court cases based on the law you to wrong something quote-unquote common sense i mean as as like we need to keep criminals from you know from straw purchasing ends up being where you have a guy who's not a criminal transfer a gun to another guy legally through an ffl who the other well they both background checks do all the paperwork everything's legal and they both broke the law and they're both now now you know felons yeah uh, and all in all in the name of 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 what you know and that's all these laws are all going to have, you know, unintended consequences and in, in the worst way for, for innocent. You know, yeah. What Danny's talking about specifically people. is the first question on the 4473. Are you the actual buyer transferee of this gun? So if you're buying a gun, let's just say to give as a gift, technically the way you have to do it. Yes. I am the actual one buying the gun. And then whatever I do with it afterwards is my business. As long as it's legal. Some people will put, oh, no, I'm buying this for my boyfriend. Well, and then is it, you know, it gets into this whole, is he a prohibited possessor? But most gun shops, if you put, like, no on that, they won't sell you the gun. They'll just be like, you're not the actual buyer. Like, get out of here. So it's just a lot of this. And then it, it kind of makes you feel like sometimes you're not, I, I'm not me, but just if you're buying a gun for somebody even to give as a gift and you, you feel like you're kind of, like, lying on the form in a way. And it, I, I, I hate the phrase common sense gun control. I really do because none of most of it since 1986 is not common sense. 
is really not like most of it. Like, okay, you want to do the Knicks check, the 94 Knicks. Okay. That background checks. Okay, fine. But it's, it's really hard to find some common sense gun control since that point really is in my opinion, at least. Yeah. I mean, but one of the things I don't really get like with that whole thing is like, why, like at some point, like why I have to do a background check if I buy a new gun. And I, I'm I'm in a room surrounded by guns, but I have to do a background check before I buy like another one. So like you don't have to do a background check to maintain your guns, but if you add one to a to your to your collection, then you have to do one. Like just it just doesn't that doesn't make any sense, right? That only really works if it's like a first time you know gun buyer. I'll tell you a crazy and, New York uh, law that they just passed. Um, the New York, it's now you have to have a, a pistol license to purchase a semi-automatic rifle. Any semi-automatic, doesn't matter if it's a 1022, M1 Garand, whatever. But the semi-autos you already have, it's, it's a permit to purchase, not to possess. So if someone like me who has semi-autos now wants to go buy another one, now I have to go through this permit process. It's going to take a year to do it. So rose up there for a second. Oh, sorry. So for now, for somebody like me who wants to buy another semi-auto, it's going to take a year-long process just for me to get this permit to do so. Meanwhile, the joke that I make is that in other states that allow transferable machine gun ownership, it would be quicker and easier to get a transferable machine gun in a state that allows it than for me right now to get a Ruger 1022 in New York without this permit. It's not common sense. Yep. <laughs> and that you know, watching these politicians pass, I watched the live stream from the from the Senate and the Assembly floor, and they're like, it'll save lives. And it's like, no, it won't. It it will not save lives because like that's, you said, I have a room full of guns already, and what is it gonna do? Yeah, whatever man, whenever I hear people say that, I'm just like, You're so full of shit. <laughs> like, just to save lives. It's like what you know how many things you would ban if you were really trying to save lives? Yep. Like like Jesus. Like, okay, you know, ban ban sugar if you want to save lives. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you Diabetes. ban ban swimming. Say if you want to save kids' lives, ban swimming pools. You know how many kids like die every year of, of swimming pools or yep. uh, on like on bicycles? Yep. Like, you know, but they Install breathalyzers in every new car sold in America to prevent drunk driving, but they won't do that because it'll cost too much money and inconvenience people. Oh, well. You know, crazy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I always, when I hear that, like, the save lives thing, it's like, yeah, that's just... It's just a cop-out. That's just a political... Yeah. They're pulling on the heartstrings of the the soccer moms and the uninformed voters, and I I call my politicians. I call them out on it. Like, I get the the last election cycle, I got, like, the, the mailer flyers, and it's like... Uh, Assemblywoman Judy Griffith is for common sense gun control and she helped pass and I'm like I call them out I call them up and I, I speak with them or try to speak I've never actually gotten through to any of them I talk with like a staffer or uh, I spoke with one person's legal like representation or something like that and I'm just like you don't know what you're doing like this does nothing and I, I'm not I, I speak very politely I, I speak very well informed on it I don't yell I'm, that's not how you get your point across but like I, I try to show them that this is not how you do things and this is not going to help the problem in New York because the problem in New York, at least here, is illegal handguns and gang violence. That's really what it is. And we had that, that mass shooting up in Buffalo where that you know young person shot up a supermarket in a racially motiva- motivated attack. 
it's tragic, it's terrible, but that's just one instance that made national news. But every day in East New York and the Bronx, they're shooting at one another on a daily basis. So, you know, which is worse, the thing that happens every day in and out or the one thing that makes national headlines? It's like quality of life, you know? Um, and this is this is what I talk about in my show all the time. It's just all the stuff we have to deal with and everything. Um, yeah, no. No, this is, uh, yeah, I like I like talking about this now because I don't I don't usually get to talk about this sort of thing. No, that's perfect. On, uh, on, on <laughs> world, so this is yeah, so this is it's kind of good because it's yeah, it's it's kind of the outliers and stuff because it's yeah because gang violence and stuff, and it's just so obvious. Like I feel like we're preaching the choir here, but it's like you know all the if gun controls, then like why isn't like Chicago safe and Detroit safe and the old cliche. You know, Los Angeles safe? <laughs> Like, why isn't it? Yeah, it's super. Like, just just ask any of them. Like, hey, is it is that making is that making everything? Is the the gang violence go away no. in these cities because there's like, all these harsh you know laws? Or oh, it's just the people. Like, it's just uh, average shows that are getting hurt, right? Like, I did an episode. Protect your family and your house. I did an episode recently on my thoughts on stopping mass shootings, and I just basically said. It's hard, but you have to change society and you have to change culture and you have to change people. But it's easier to blame a gun than it is to fix the fallacies of man. So literally that was my take on it. And obviously I'm not some sort of like philosopher or anything, but it's like literally wh why are people driven to shoot at other people for, for whatever reason? What drives them to that point? That's, that's, a, that's a problem with man. That's not a problem with the yeah. gun. And in states like New York and all yeah, these yeah. other places that make it so hard to get these guns, but yet they do anyway. Okay, so still it's the problem of man. It's not the laws you're passing. It's not anything else. It's not the gun. Guns are the same. So that's just my my take on it. And you know, but nobody really wants to address that because it's easier just to do feel good measure and save lives. <laughs> Shakes fist. Yeah, um, and you, it's you, man. Yeah, man just does like human. Humans just do that. Yeah. And before humans shot each other, you know, we stabbed each other with swords and shot each other with bow and arrows. And before that, we hit each other with sticks and rocks. And it just went all the way back, you know. And it's just, you're just banning, like the motivation is there. You're just banning the technology, which then it just goes backwards, right? right. So you have, so, and like in, in England, right? What is it? It's mass stabbings. Oh, it's yeah. Knife crime. They talk about, oh, they talk about knife crime all the time in England. Oh, my God. Because that's, because that's terrible. And so, so they ban, so, you know, the, the gun crime is so low, as they like to say, but it's like, yeah, but your violent crime is still very high and people yes. are still getting killed all the time, right? Hmm. Because you could still kill without, without the firearm. So, yeah. Now, countries like China, there's like the mass stabbings. Oh, my God. So people, yeah. people just go into school with, with, with knives and hurt, and, you know, and hurt kids. So like this, the mo the evil motivations are still there. Stabbings are worse problem, to me than shootings. Like the, I'd rather be shot than stabbed. <laughs> Just honestly. Oh God, I don't know. If I had to pick, because stabbing man, it's, uh, yeah. You just because the person has control of it. Like if you get shot, like the bullet enters you. There's nothing, but like. If a person stabs you, they're close enough to where they can just get it in, twist it, move. Like, it, it's just, I don't know. That's just me. I feel like it's just, you can almost just be like, all right, he shot me from 20 yeah. feet away. There's nothing I could do. But if he stabs me, it's like, I'm I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, but, one, yeah, but, uh, so, so, like, with the, so the stabbing, the knife crime's the big thing, right? Yeah. So now they have to go after 
knives and harsh laws against knives and carrying knives, so much so that, like, you could get arrested for carrying a screwdriver on the streets in, yes. like, London. Even if, you know, you're you're going somewhere where you need to use a screwdriver, you ban knives, people carry ice picks and screwdrivers. Yep. To use instead of a knife. Oh, it's not a knife. Then you ban screwdrivers, and then people can't carry screwdrivers. But, oh, no, people are still using it. And then you ban pointy sticks because then people are stabbing each other with pointy sticks and you oh, know yeah. it just it's never ending and it's just this it's just this thing you ban this 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 and it goes crazy you know and and but Even the in, people that are pushing for this stuff you can't you can't tell them this stuff they they don't no they don't they want don't, to know they either don't care or understand or you know, they don't want to so know. It's just... Even when you try to point it out to them, a normal person, if they're mistaken about something and you point out an error, mo- most normal people are like, oh my God, I made a mistake. Like, thank you for telling me. These people, they don't give a shit. <laughs> they really don't. They don't want to take calls. They don't want to hear you. They don't want, they just want to do what they want to do. And a whole room of people will stand up and applaud and go, yay, we're so great. Yay. And then it's just 20 million New Yorkers like me are now subject to this BS. Like, speaking of knives, in New York, you can't carry a knife for self-defense. You could carry a knife, and New York City is a completely different rule set, and it depends on the kind of knife, but you can't carry a knife for self-defense. So, like, if you have a pocket knife on you and you get stopped by the cops, you can't say it's for protection. You can't, it because it, it's an intent-based law. And it's like, how do you prove intent? It, it's like, you know, it, and Times Square was a gun-free zone, yeah, yeah. but on New Year's Eve, a 19-year-old radicalized... Uh, Islamic kid from well, a white kid that was radicalized Islamic from New Hampshire came down and attacked two cops with a machete in Times Square on New Year's Eve. And it's like, okay, Times Square was a gun free zone, but apparently this kid had brought a machete. So, and uh, this is kind of what we have to deal with. If only they would have said, if only they would have said it's a machete free zone. There was a. Then he would have gotten up and seen the sign. Oh, yeah. And then he would have been, yeah. There was a a bill that was passed recently that um, was kind of like a trolling bill from I think it was Staten Island, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna make we're gonna declare Times Square a crime free zone. We're gonna put signage up and put bills up." And when I saw that, I for a second I thought it was serious, and then I I kind of had to read into it and read some like news articles on it, and they're like, it was meant to like basically portray how dumb this all is, and I'm like, "Oh, I got gotcha. you, okay." <laughs> So Times Square might be a crime for yeah. someone if they advance this. Um, but yeah, one thing, yeah. one thing, uh, just kind of wrapping up here because we're hitting the hour mark. Um, what, what do you have any plans for Millsurf World going forward in 2023? Any any big plans? Anything changing? Keeping it the same? Different? God, uh, <laughs> I mean, the hugest, like the biggest thing right now is the new kid. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, I got the new baby that's going to be here next month, and. Oh I mean, I've been trying to balance it already with the one kid, and now with the second kid, it's I'm gonna have to figure that out. Trust me, man. Uh, and I that's know. That's like the biggest thing. My plan is to keep on and keep keep expanding. Like I, uh, I'd like to get some like sponsorship, and uh, like I just kind of my whole goal with this it hasn't been to like quit my day job and live off the youtube money is like you know as if they pay gun gun content a lot but uh my whole goal has just kind of been like for this hobby to sort of even just pay for itself through the channel and stuff like that so uh my like my goal long term is just for for it just to be sustainable where i can just sort of like pay for you know just pay for like the 
it would just be cool you know, not to you know if i like there's some stuff i want to do but it's just legit going to cost hundreds to go out and do do whatever i want to do so it'd be nice if there's a way of, of boy, that kind of things this term uh just kind of keep growing look look from some sponsorship i think would be kind of a goal i should have um because i think i'm getting to that size where it i might or you know try to like do sponsors um and still content through Ed. Like right now, I've been recording all stuff, not releasing a whole lot. I'm trying to get like a nice backlog cues, you know, stored up, so that when I'm, you know, sleep deprived with the with a newborn kid, like I can still just have videos going out as you know scheduled regularly. So. Oh yeah, trust me, I know. I mean, we're doing this. It's almost eleven o'clock Eastern time. My son's at home. I had to wait for my wife to get home and. I, I don't record in my house. I go to a, an actual studio to do this, so I have to travel to, to go record and do this. So I, I fully get that completely. But it's good, though, that... Um, I, honestly, it's one thing I admire is that you do this just for the love of it. Like Some people make like these crazy YouTube videos with these crazy thumbnails, and it's like clickbaity, and I, I don't really jive with that. I mean, even with my podcast, like we don't make money on it, too, so we just kind of just do it for the love of doing it, which is one thing I really like about your channel. Yeah. But that's good to hear that. Um, honestly, you're just going to keep yeah. doing what you're doing and keeping it going into 2023. I feel like that's a really great thing. That's yeah, that stuff like the clickbaity thumbnails oh. and everything. Like I know I could get more views, and if I did some crazy clickbaity that like the boring law, whatever. But I know I can't, or like I I can't personally because I don't want to be misleading, and I don't want to be one of those people. I, I've been trying to improve my thumbnail quality because if you have a shit thumbnail, no matter how good your video is, nobody's going to watch it. So, like, thumbnail on top is very important, just that accurately portray and look attractive to an audience. So I've tried to, like, do better with that. But, I mean, like, my wife has, has told me stuff like, make top five videos, make top five That's what gets clicks. That's yeah. what gets views. That'll, that's what will get me subs. I know, like, there's other channels who just have done almost nonstop yeah. top five, blah, 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 top ten, blah, 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 for, like, years. They're very defensive And he did that, that to accelerate his channel. And he did that just to accelerate his channel growth. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I that's not how I want to do it. I know there's videos that I could make that have been done before, but it would still get me views and get me clear. I, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. So this is still... Like, Millsup World, to me, is still, like, what I want to do and what I think is passionate. And I don't want to put out... I don't want to put out cheap chunk content that's been done already. Yeah. I've always said that I want to do stuff that hasn't been done before. I I prioritize videos. Like, I know I could do a video on, like, a Canon DK or M1, whatever, and it would get way more views than if I did it on, like, a niche Belgian Army 1924. Mm -hmm. I know that's not going to get very many views, but there's no videos on that out there. And right. I know that that's more important to do. So I'll do a video on a gun that I know is not going to get very many views on it, but it's the only one out there. So I know it adds the most value to the community, like the gun community as a whole being out there. Yeah. Because then people can and know about it. it's searchable in the future. People like a lot of my videos, I, uh, or like on a few of my videos, I'm the only one who's ever done a video on this gun or this specific, you know, whatever. And people will comment years later, oh, thanks so much for, you know, for this. I just bought one and, you know, and that that's really rewarding to me. And that's kind of what I what I'm doing it for is more for that. But I just want, you know, I want a more organic growth where I, I think you could tell by 
subscriber count and actual views on your mm -hmm. videos you know how good your subscribers are because if you're just getting them just to have that big subscriber number but then your views still still suck nobody's watching your stuff then that's just that's hollow to me and i don't want to this is still like me this is i'm doing this for the enjoyment and for the hobby and not not for the subscriber count number and not for the the money or anything like that so oh yeah that's awesome and i mean your channel has about 8.4 million views just in general like if you go to the about section of your channel total it's got about 8.4 million views so oh really I mean, yeah I, I did a little research i, I got some notes down <laughs> so yeah about 8.4 million views so i mean that's that's a lot of views for somebody whom is very niche Shut in that aspect you know so that's that's one thing I, I do like about it. Hey, look, was it on my end? Uh oh, it's all right. The connection's been a little shaky at the moment, but um, but yeah, I guess on that note, we'll we'll wrap this up. Uh, Danny again is uh the head, the creator, the founder, the man behind the camera, the face of the camera of Millsurp World. Uh, check him out, Millsurp World on YouTube millsurpworld.com uh join his patreon help support him and what he does because it's really great for what he's doing for the gun community Crap, i think you cut out it's all right it, it's recorded on my end so they'll <laughs> they'll get it okay okay good but yeah i'm okay. just singing your praises and just plugging you and, and doing all the cool oh, thank stuff. you yeah so thank you I, pre I appreciate it yeah yeah no problem so like i said join his patreon uh help support him definitely subscribe to his youtube channel and um for everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us, and uh, stay safe. Everybody.